the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to a new edition of Vatican Insider. At the end of one of the busiest weeks in recent memory, in particular because the top news story is the 10th World Meeting of Families that began on June 22nd and concludes with the Papal Mass on Saturday and the Angelus on Sunday. After I look at the news, stay here for my talk with Blythe Kaufman. She founded Children's Rosary in 2011, an international prayer group movement for children. Blythe is in Rome with her son Asher to meet Vatican officials and to attend the Meeting of Families. Now, the top news stories. There were so many papal events and audiences, either with groups, associations, or individuals, that I'll only have time to speak very briefly of each one. To be honest, I've noted that in recent weeks, maybe a couple of months now, Francis has had a larger number than usual of events, audiences, speeches, etc. on his daily calendar than in past times. Now, I'll look back. Sunday, June 19th. After reflecting on the day's gospel and praying the Angelus with the faithful in St. Peter's Square, Pope Francis called on the international community to take action for the people of Myanmar, who continue to suffer violence and displacement following the military coup on February 1st, 2021. On another topic, he asked people, almost four months since the Russian invasion of Ukraine, not to forget the unfolding tragedy in that country. Let's not forget the battered Ukrainian people at this time, a people that is suffering. I would like to invite you all to ask yourselves a question. What am I doing today for the Ukrainian people? On a more positive note, Francis recalled the beatification of 27 Dominican martyrs in Seville, Spain on Saturday. He said that even amid the cruelty that marked the Spanish Civil War, there was no shortage of examples of luminous faith. The Pope closed with a reminder that the 10th World Meeting of Families kicks off in Rome on Wednesday, June 22nd, and in dioceses throughout the world on the theme, Family Love, A Vocation and Path to Holiness. Monday, June 20th. The Pope held three private audiences, one with the bishops of Brazil on their ad limina visit, another with the Cardinal Apostolic Administrator of the Diocese of Caracas, Venezuela, and with Father Richard Rohr, founder of the Center for Action and Contemplation and an Entourage. Also Monday, Pope Francis sent a video message to the Movimento Misioneros di Francisco, the missionary movement of Francis, on the occasion of the inauguration of the Negro Manuel Cultural Historical Walk of the Virgin of Lujan. He expressed his desire to be close to all those accompanying the missionaries as they inaugurate and bless this historical walk. Also Monday, Pope Francis greeted members of the Synod of Bishops of the Greek Melkite Catholic Church, and he urged them to seek to unite Christians in the Middle East, especially troubled areas like Syria. He noted the bishops asked to celebrate their annual convocation in Rome, at the tombs of the Holy Apostles Peter and Paul. We need their intercession, said the Pope, so that even in our time, the Christian community may have the courage to bear witness to the name of Christ, author and perfecter of our faith. Again Monday. 
The Vatican announced that Pope Francis has written the preface for a French translation of a book by Congolese sister Rita Mbosher Congo on the Missal for the Zaire usage of the Roman Rite, which was presented Monday in the Vatican. The Missal is for use in the former Zaire, now the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Tuesday, June 21st. In a message read at the first meeting of states parties to the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, Pope Francis renewed his call for an end to war and to the causes of conflict, and he reaffirmed that the use and even possession of nuclear weapons is immoral. This was read by Archbishop Paul Gallagher, Secretary of Relations with States in Vienna, Austria. Tuesday afternoon, the Council of Cardinals held an online meeting in the presence of Pope Francis, who joined them from Casa Santa Marta. Present at the virtual meeting were Cardinals Oscar Maradiaga, Reinhard Marx, Sean Patrick O'Nally, Oswald Gracias, and Fidelin Ambongo Besungo, while Cardinals Pietro Parolin and Giuseppe Bertello joined in from the Vatican. They offered thoughts on the new apostolic constitution, Predicate Evangelium, focusing on some organizational and thematic aspects of the next meeting of the College of Cardinals, scheduled for August 29th and 30th in Rome. They then adjourned till September. Wednesday, June 22nd. Pope Francis presided in the morning at the weekly general audience in St. Peter's Square, and in the afternoon attended and spoke at the opening session of the World Meeting of Families in the Paul VI Hall. He also met that day with a delegation from the Simon Wiesenthal Center. At the weekly general audience, Francis continued his catechesis on the value of old age, and he said the elderly should embrace their frailty and helplessness in order to follow and bear witness to Christ. He also reiterated his firm condemnation of widespread violence in Mexico, saying it nurtures pain and suffering. And he expressed my sorrow and dismay at the killing in Mexico the day before yesterday of two religious Jesuit brothers of mine and of a layman. In addition, the Holy Father said he's praying for those who lost their lives in an earthquake that struck eastern Afghanistan in the early hours of Wednesday morning. He expressed his closeness to all those affected by the quake that, he said, has claimed lives and caused extensive damage in Afghanistan. Later in the day, at the start of the meeting of families, the Holy Father listened to testimonials from five different families, including one from Ukraine, whose stories were interwoven with musical interludes. These were families who shared their experiences of the joys, concerns, hardships, hopes, and even tragedies of family life in the modern world. Francis said, I want the Church to be a good Samaritan for you. And he invited families to take a step forward in order to change the world and make it a home for all those who need to feel welcomed and accepted. Thursday, June 23rd, Pope Francis addressed members of the Pontifical International Marian Academy and the Anti-Mafia Investigation Directorate while receiving them in audience. He also addressed the participants in the reunion of aid agencies for the Oriental Churches, known as ROACO. And again, he met with another group, members of the International Mixed Commission for Theological Dialogue between the Catholic Church and Eastern Orthodox Churches. The Pope also held private meetings with individuals in the morning, including Fra John Dunlap, the new lieutenant of the Order of Malta. Also Thursday, 
the Vatican published details of the Pope's planned trip to Canada from July 24th to the 29th. In addition, on Thursday, the Vatican announced that, at the request of the Holy Father Francis, as of June 2022, the Historical Archive of the Secretariat of State, the Section for Relations with States and International Organizations, is allowing universal access to the virtual reproduction of an entire archival series on its website. This documentary is entitled Ebrei, Jews or Jewish People because its aim is to preserve the petitions for help from Jewish people all over Europe received by the Pope during the Nazi fascist persecutions. The archival series consists of a total of 170 volumes, equivalent to about 40,000 digital files. An initial 70% of the complete material will be available initially before being integrated with the final volumes that are currently being worked on. Friday, June 24th, the Holy Father had a series of private audiences, including the President of the International Fund for Agricultural Development, IFAD, the Grand Rabbi of the Sephardic Community of Buenos Aires, the Director of L'Osservatore Romano, the Vatican Paper, a group of Socialists and Democrats of the European Parliament, and a bishop from Germany. No time this week for a Q&A, but stay here for my conversation with Blythe Kaufman, foundress of the children's rosary. This is Bob Grompy, General Manager of Divine Mercy Radio in Melbourne, Florida. Catholic Radio has been providing Catholics and others solid ground in these particularly troubling times with news including threats to our culture, situational on-air counseling, apologetics for Catholics and others, and biblical teaching for growth and holiness. Catholic Radio is not just radio, it's radio that makes a difference. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. EWTN uses the power of radio to reach people whenever and wherever they're searching for answers to questions about their Catholic faith. EWTN Radio is heard on over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio affiliates. For a complete list of programs and how to hear EWTN Radio, visit EWTN.com and click Radio. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. I have another exciting show today for Vatican Insider, another exciting guest. And her name is Dr. Blythe Kaufman. She's from Connecticut. She's a wife and a mother of three, a dentist, endodentist, and an associate professor at the University of Connecticut School of Dental Medicine. The initials after her name might be DDS, but there's another very important aspect to her life. In addition to all of the above, Blythe is the founder of the Children's Rosary, an international prayer group movement for children, and she also authored the book Children's Rosary, a prayer group movement for children. And it's been published in English, French, and Spanish. So now Blythe, is, she's been in Rome for a couple of weeks with her son Asher, and the rest of the family joined her, and they'll be at the World Meeting of Families in just a few days. So welcome to Vatican Insider, Blythe. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. 
Well, I know you've been on EWTN before this, and I talked to Peter Gagnon. He's uh, just arrived in Rome yesterday, and you'll be meeting with some of our TV people as well. So you are not new to EWTN, and I know a lot of my listeners will know your name as well as TV viewers, but um, tell us about this special mission of yours. So this ministry whose focus is children, praying the uh, the rosary. How did this start, and what prompted you? So this began about 11 years ago, and it really came out of a a call for help from my parish priest, who we had some financial problems in our parish, and he came to the parish to ask for increased uh, donations. And a couple of months later, he came back, there was no improvement. And so a little inspiration came in prayer. Maybe we should bring our children to pray for our parish because the prayers of children are so strong. And so I asked permission and I was it was granted from our pastor and we gathered on April 10th 2011 a small <clears throat> group of children and probably about 10 children in our church and uh, several of them were disabled not that we sought that but they were just the children that came uh, we prayed and the children led the rosary interestingly enough that weekend we had the highest collection second only to Easter and Christmas for the remainder of the year so it was wow. this beautiful signal grace of the power of the prayers of children so that was the the very first meeting, and then we, we we speaking amongst the families, we decided, is this just going to be a one-time thing, or should we keep meeting? And from there, we decided to continue meeting, and there began the prayer group movement of the Children's Rosary. Well, I can see by what you just said, though, you already knew the power of, of the Children's Prayer, which is why you suggested a rosary w- with children. And the Lord always has said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And he means in their innocence. The innocence of the children is really, really special. How is it spread then? So it began like in your parish, and then and then how did it grow? Initially, we met for about a year and a half as just a single prayer group, and uh, we would meet monthly. The children would lead the prayers, and then um, we just kept praying that that the children's rosary would be the extended hands of Mary and Jesus in this world, and we wanted to see our Lord use us for whatever His purpose. And on October 7th, the Feast of the Holy Rosary, mm-hmm. a year and a half later, another group formed on the other side of the U.S., and then that almost was a signal grace to say that the next year we might see groups forming. And indeed we did. We found groups forming in a really grassroots way across the U.S. And then it began to spread internationally. And then not just in parishes, but also schools and orphanages. So now we're in about 34 countries uh, around the world. And it's continued to, to grow. And the, and the focus is no longer, obviously, you know, the financial situation of our little parish. But but really supporting the prayer lives of children and trying to help them be holy through prayer of the rosary. I remember growing up in our family, very, very Catholic family, faith was everything. And I can remember on special occasions saying the rosary as a family after dinner and also uh, during the months of May and October saying it. And so, I mean, I th- it's so it can be so important to family life. And my mom, when each of us was born, she dedicated each one of us to the Lord and said, willed a, vac- a vocation. If it's your will, Lord, you know, may I have priests and religious. So I'm actually the only vocation of the family in that religious sense. That's how they have seen my life and work at the Vatican and, and, and what I'm doing. But the rosary was such a focus. And what do you think it can do to family life? It's a great protection for families, and uh, it brings them together. Uh, I've also heard from so many different people who've had the children's rosary in their parishes from priests that said that once they began this, uh, just this 
covering of peace came over, whether it be their parish, a school, um, a, one particular priest I'm thinking of in Kenya we visited, he said he, that he had these children that are part of the Children's Rosary coming in saying, my father has come back to the church, my family is coming back together. Wow. So it was this healing, and it's continually being said, this healing that's coming through the rosary. Um, that same priest was saying um, he was in a rural part of Kenya where he was uh, ministering to the Maasai tribe, and his outposts, he had over 20 outposts, so he would only be able to see them a couple of times a year. And when he, he understood there was a lot of conflict between the different groups, he said, but once he started these children's rosary prayer groups, they would meet on Saturdays, the families would go, the children leading the, the prayers of the rosary, and all of a sudden all this peace you know, came between these outposts. And he said, no one expected this, but the children's rosary started to spread like a bushfire. And he said the church wow. was moving. He said when he wasn't there, it was getting stronger. And so this is the kind of testimonies we've been seeing as we travel around, visiting the groups, visiting people. is this witnessing of the, this peace that comes over. And when you have peace, it draws people together. And when you have division, it, it splinters, it flat, it's it's scatters people. Sure. So I think that there's a, a lot of unity that our families, a lot of them are broken. And so this is a way of, of kind of holding them together. I'm just trying to picture as you're talking some little child who's kind of loves this little ritual and the, and they can say the prayers on their own and, 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 you know, in a family setting. What if they walk up to their parents at just some moment? Hey, mom or dad, is it time for the rosary? I'm just trying to imagine adults' response. It, it certainly would not be just a minute while I finish my phone call, you know. Or it could be, wait, I'm going to finish my phone call. I have to go, Mabel. Sally wants me to say the rosary. And I think any child that falls in love with the rosary, that's going to stay with them their, their whole life. Well, and, and I'm thinking we, we've started having um, monthly meetings in different countries uh, through Zoom uh, to support different programs prayer group leaders. And so one we were holding in for Ireland, a grandfather came and, and test, gave testimony that he had helped start a group in Cork. And he brought his two grandchildren. And he said, when they got back from the children's rosary, and of course he said, his, his grandson wanted to lead all the prayers. And uh, there was no problem with that. When he got home, they ran upstairs looking for their little miraculous medals that they had lost, of course, he said. But they immediately put them on. And he said, ever since that night, they've come to me every night and said, let's pray the rosary. And he said, what was even more miraculous, he said to him, was that their... Um, their uncle, so it would it probably be one of his his own children, he said it started to come and join them, which he said, and that was wow, a miracle. So it was wonderful. this beautiful thing of seeing grandparents being able to share this with their grandchildren. A certain contagion. <laughs> yes, and that the children were, he said, um, the children take to the rosary like ducks to water. So that was his comparison, which I thought was a really, was a very clever one. Now, Blythe, I know that um, one of the principal reasons that you and Asher have been here for two weeks is to visit some offices in the Vatican. So uh, just give us an idea about uh, who you might have seen, what type of office or dicastery, and, and what kind of response or promotion have they given. Well, we had an, um, a meeting, probably I think the second day we were here, with the dicastery of laity, family, and life. And that was a really nice meeting where obviously they're involved with the planning of the World Meeting of Families, but we were able to share more in depth about the Children's Rosary, and their response was basically, 
we want this here in, in Italy. I mean, we're in 34 countries, but we don't have a lot of our materials yet in Italian. Uh, we have now the materials in English, Spanish, French, and now German. Their hope was that we would be able to spread it more locally here. And then also they're uh, setting up a platform to feature apostolates uh, that help the family. And so they were really interested in, in featuring the children's rosary. So we're right. going to be going, going forward we're going to be working with them of, of submitting uh, s- some summary videos that help to allow people to understand this prayer group movement sure. and how to uh, initiate it in their parishes and schools. Well, you would have made them aware, I'm sure, of your website, and then you've given me some materials, too, and we're going to talk to Asher in, in, in a minute about how to set up a group. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if they have that in hand, they know where they can reach you and and get advice from you and, and, and so forth. So you have a couple more appointments before the World Meeting of Families. We're talking on June 20th, and the World Meeting of Families begins on the 22nd, runs through Sunday the 26, which, by the way, folks, in case you haven't kept up with things, in the past, this meeting has been held. Everybody from around the world came to one site, like Philadelphia or Dublin in 2018. Dioceses all over the world are celebrating on a local level. You're you're looking forward to inserting a few more appointments and then uh, participating in the world meeting. Yes, uh, tomorrow morning we're going to be uh, meeting with Cardinal Burke. Uh, he's been very supportive. Um, he wrote an endorsement for our child consecration book uh, that we released about two years ago, and so he's been very supportive of that. But we're, uh, but we've had a lot of different meetings. We met with some of the the members, the prelate and the secretary of the dicastery of Eastern Churches. So we're actually, right. interestingly wow. enough, doing um, reaching out in a very interesting way to some of the eastern churches and try and include the children there and so it's been an interesting um to see how the holy spirit has moved while we've been on this um trip to allow us to go to an event where there was a lot of um representatives from different churches and then be able to to speak with you know the prelate from uh the dicastery of eastern churches and um, the secretary as well so well, that, that is so exciting, and I know that the first time that we met, the three of us had lunch a number of days ago, and you had said you were going to kind of just let the Holy Spirit, obviously you had arranged some things before you came, but you were going to more or less let the Holy Spirit, and we're not that far away from Pentecost, let him guide you to, you know, to any of these openings and meetings in the Vatican. Now, I want to switch to Asher for a minute. Welcome to the show, my young man. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be on. It was wonderful to meet you and talk to you. You've been so behind the Children's Rosary, so much a part of it, traveling with your mom and speaking. I I am sure that someday if she got laryngitis that you could take over for her absolutely beautifully. Now, Asha, what I'd love you to tell us about is setting up a group like this. So we know now you're throughout the United States, you're in other countries. How does a person or a parish set up a group? Yeah, so I'm going to go over that. Before I actually get into the steps for our guidelines for how to set up a children's rosary, I do just want to emphasize uh, we've been talking a lot about the fruits of the children's rosary, the benefits. I do want to emphasize it's actually very simple to set up a children's rosary. I think you'll see that by the time I go through these steps. And it's not a lot of effort on the part of the group leader, but the fruits are so large because the rosary is really such a powerful prayer. Right? We know that from church teaching and from apparitions and popes and cyclicals, right? So I think giving God the room to work is, is really important, but it, this is really very simple to do. So uh, the steps we give for how to begin a children's rosary is, number one, you should obtain permission from your pastor to begin a children's rosary group in your parish. 
uh, that that is a prerequisite because it's going to be you know oh, held sure. in the parish. Uh, you should choose a location. Usually, this is done in a church or a parish center. It cannot be in homes. We've made that clear on, on numerous occasions. Oh, I did not know that. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, the children's rosary cannot be held in a in family home, can in a say it in their own home. Of course, but not this specific ministry. Right. Right. Rosary. That would not be a children's rosary. Yeah. That would be a right. family rosary. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. You should also choose a regular meeting time. So usually this is monthly or maybe weekly if there's interest for that. Just try to keep it regular so people can kind of make arrangements based on that and, and try to be, try to come regularly. Well, you can fit it into a schedule better, anything. Exactly. I mean, sure, it can be a monthly board meeting at a college or uh, the, the children's rosary, but you can work your schedule around the things that are already set. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you should also try to invite a small group of families and children, your first children's rosary. Putting a notice in your church bulletin is also a very good idea. We found that making an effort to try to connect with families and inviting them to your children's rosary is very good because it, it really just kind of gets the exposure out. Once you've got a few families coming, it's 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 helps the group to move along. I do also want to say that if you don't get a lot of people coming, that's okay. Keep meeting, keep praying, and God will do with it what, what he what He wills. And we always, don't always have uh, large groups. Well, but, if you made size a prerequisite, that exactly. would be disappointing right then and there. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So please don't get discouraged. The last step I'll mention is you, please register your children's rosary at uh, www.childrensrosary.org or mail it to the Children's Rosary Post Office Box at 271743 West Hartford, Connecticut, 0617. And by the way, I will put this information on my blog. As you know, on Fridays when I post the picture of my guest, I always uh, mention if there's a website, whatever's important to finding out more. Oh, and one thing I want to ask um, both of you. You, um, Blythe, spoke of some of these testimonies and this priest in Africa and so forth. Are some of these testimonials on the website themselves? Yes, we're actually, we've, we've been preparing small little interview segments on our YouTube channel for the Children's Rosie. But excitingly, we are actually in the works with EWTN to release a uh, two-part documentary. Each part will be an hour, so ultimately in total it'll be two hours, that features our month-long trip to Africa where we visited Kenya, Tanzania, and Uganda. And we oh. have just interviews with children, par- uh, priests, bishops, talking about the fruits, but also just, we were just the eyes to see what our Lord is doing. And so that's really, this is just giving people a window into this. This was not part of a a tour. This was visiting people we've been in contact with for years. So we were off the grid on in the, with the Maasai tribe. We were staying on the side of Mount Kilimanjaro with a parish. I mean, we, we really were in kind of a very unique situation to be able to give people a window into what not only is our Lord doing in Africa, but Part of the title is Fertile Soil, uh, which means children's hearts are fertile soil. Whether you're in Africa, you're in Italy, or the United States, if you have a young child, all you need to do is the sowing. There's no weeding needed. So if you could say, well, they can do this in Africa. No, you can do this anywhere you have young children because their hearts are receptive to prayer. That's all the time I have this week with Blythe, but please come back next week when we hear more about her adventures in Rome, Africa, and elsewhere, and how to set up a children's rosary group in your parish. And be sure to watch the children's rosary on EWTN. For more information on these stories, or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, Go to EWTN.com 
That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.